Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you all ready for the Bible today? All right, I'm going to open up this morning with 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15, which is the same verse that I used in the offering when we record, uh, because this verse has just been, you ever just have one of those verses like all over you? You're just like, man, I just can't get out of this verse. 2 Corinthians 5.15, and he, talking about Jesus, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. What a beautiful, elegant, simplified, profound piece of Scripture. Read it to you one more time. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Father, we come before you today and we just thank you for your word and the opportunity, God, to worship together, to love one another, to honor you, God. And uh, right now we open up our hearts to hear from your word. Speak, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Father, I pray that every one of us would be challenged and encouraged as we live for you. You're worthy of our lives. So worthy of our lives. And we worship you in this place. Lord, I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your spirit, God, to share what's in your heart. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to I do a little bit more work in 2 Corinthians today. Uh, we're going to go to verses 6 through 10, and we're going to use that as our launching point this morning. Are you ready for the Bible? Yeah. I know I asked you that once, but I'm going to ask you like a bazillion times in your lifetime. So, um, 2 Corinthians 5, 6 says this, Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, We're away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. We're confident, and I'd say we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, let me give you a little bit of context with this scripture and what's going on. In 2 Corinthians chapters 4 and 5, Paul is having a, the Apostle Paul is having this conversation about life on earth and life after we pass away and when we're with Jesus. And he's having this conversation about how, like, you know, the, he gives like a nod to the frivility of mankind, right? It's like, we are, we are fragile people and we have the treasure of God in our life, but we hold this treasure in jars of clay, as it says in chapter 4, verse 7. And it's this kind of like revelation and acknowledgement that life in heaven with Jesus. Now, I need to tell you something. I'm going to give you an amen opportunity here. It's just coming. I'm just telling you. Life in heaven with Jesus is better than life here on earth. Oh, man, I could hear that online. Y'all... That was awesome. And it leads Paul to this conversation about life 
on earth and life in heaven. I, I have to tell you, I remember, it's amazing how scriptures like the way they minister to you in seasons of your life. And I really remember reading to my mom before she passed away when she was in her last 30 days of life, reading these scriptures to her. And it was like she could see a realm that she was approaching while I was reading it to her in her room. It was really just, it was, it was like, I, I felt like I don't even know that I should be here. I feel like she's interacting with heaven in a way right now. And it was really beautiful. And she was like looking for, you know, to be apart from the body is to be with the Lord, right? Anyhow, so Paul's having this conversation about, man, I, I can't wait to be in heaven with the Lord, but here I am and I've got these treasures and jars of clay. And by golly, it's kind of like so, so. And in verse 10, it's like, so we make it our goal to please him. And in verse 10, it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things we've done in the body, whether good or bad. And, you know, you read that verse, and you're like, whoa, man. Like, it can be really overwhelming to read a verse like that, um, to appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive what is due you. I mean, Honestly, just being real, we can sometimes read our Bibles and we'll read a verse like that and it's like, just keep moving. You're telling yourself, keep going. Keep going. You'll find something good. You'll find something you like more. Like, you know, just kind of, you know what I'm talking about? But I want to encourage you as believers, like, don't do that. Like, when you get to a hard verse or a difficult verse, look at that verse and ask the Holy Spirit, um, God, give me some wise counsel on what you're saying here and how should I look at that? You know, one of the very first rules of interpreting Scripture and understanding it is there's two, there are two things I want to, two first I'm going to share with you. One is that it, it can never mean to us what it never meant to them. So we really need to do what we can to understand what it meant to the first audience so that we can receive it as an audience ourselves, Right? Okay, because um, Paul, while his while Scripture absolutely applies to 21st century America, for sure it wasn't written first to 21st century America. Does that make sense? But it absolutely applies and is helpful and is good and for instruction and reproof and all like it. It is useful, but that's where we start. The other thing that's just like a great first to remember is that Scripture interprets Scripture. It's one of the best places. It's just to let it speak for itself. What's fascinating, though, is like you're reading the Scripture, and in like verse 5, it says, now, now the one who has fashioned us for every purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. This is in the same chapter. It says that basically God has given us the Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Paul does not sound like he's trying to discourage the people. He's actually trying to build confidence in them that, listen, y'all, you've received the Holy Spirit in your life, and that is something so that you know, if you've received the Holy Spirit, you've received Christ into your life, then, then you know, you have a knowing that you have an inheritance in heaven, and it uses the word guaranteeing this, this, he, this heavenly inheritance to come. Y'all, that doesn't sound like the Lord's trying to discourage you with his scripture. Do y'all follow me? So in the context of it, and I'll tell you another book where this happens a lot, is the book of 1 John, where it talks about loving your brother and loving your neighbor. 
it sounds a little bit like, man, it just keeps coming at you really hard. But actually, the, the intention of the book is there were people trying to infiltrate the church with false doctrine. And he was actually trying to encourage the believers and say, listen, these people who don't love people, like they're not really, it's not really part of you. It was actually trying to encourage them, not bludgeon them. And we can do that with Scripture, especially if we have a tendency to condemn ourselves and be really hard on ourselves. Don't get me wrong. Scripture will challenge you. This Scripture is meant to challenge us. It's meant to challenge you, not condemn you. It's meant to challenge you, not demoralize you. It's meant to challenge you, not swipe your feet out from under you. And so when we take it that way, and you, and you look at the whole, and Paul's talking about, man, I can't wait to be with Jesus. And it's just like, and then all of a sudden we get to this verse and we beat ourselves with it, we're missing something. Because there's this comfort that you will go to see him. And there's this challenge that you will give account when you do. And so, in the context of all this, he's saying, man, it is good to be with Christ. And Paul's not trying to intimidate the people he is, or us. He's trying to sober us and say, listen, you have received these treasures in jars of clay. And there will be a moment where you will be apart from your body and you will be with the Lord. And the tenor of it is very positive and encouraging and sobering. So, you're going to give an account. And the question for us is, when we go to give that account, how's that going to go? I'm not talking about if you've received Jesus in your life, whether or not you're going to make it in. Because the only way to make it in is through Christ. Nothing you're going to do is going to help you make it in. It's Jesus who's getting you in. So, it makes us think about in that context, it's a lot of setup to think of the, the concept of how is that going to go for us? How's the giving account? Now, as we're thinking about this, I don't believe the goal of this is Paul saying to say, how many good works can you amass? Like it's a, it's a, it's a game of numbers. Like, how much can you do? Because that's a mentality of, I'm just trying to get works done for a quantity. Like, right, I want everything to be up and to the right, if you're in the business world, right? Like, it's like, it's always got to be up and to the right, up and to the right. And that's not really where he's going with it. Because, and it's also not about comparing yourselves among yourselves. It actually says in First and Second Corinthians, it says, it's not wise to compare yourselves among yourselves. Because that's where pride and kinds of the comparisons where we feel bad about ourselves or feel great about ourselves and all that. No, 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 no. We're rooting each other on. We're brothers and sisters. Like, we're the body of Christ. And we're all, you know, and everybody we want to flourish in their place. This isn't a comparison game. This is about stewardship. This is about what, what do I have in my life to be a to serve God with. This morning when we came in here, or whether we were online, and we're worshiping God and we're singing to God, you know, we're, we're taking our time and saying, you know what, I'm setting aside some time to get together with my family and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to, with my breath, glorify God. 
I'm going to use my time. I could be at home watching, watching what all the analysts are saying about football this afternoon. Some of you are like, well, I'm recording that. But, like, there's a lot of things, but we're, we're spending our time with the Lord. What a great way to spend time. I love, to, love the, the idea of, like, waste time on God. There's no such thing. But, you know, just waste time on God, like talking to the Lord, worshiping the Lord, your time. It's a, it, it, this is really about the stewardship of how we use our lives. We have a lot of things at our disposal, and when we think about good things, there are good things you do with your time for the Lord. There are good things that you do with your talents and abilities for the Lord. There's good things that you do, like um, last week, we, um, uh, I think it was last weekend, we were putting in a, a ramp for Tommy Johns, our, our beloved brother. And by golly, in what, six or eight hours, we had a 30-foot ramp built in the ground. And we're like, Hallelujah. And we were thankful for David and his uh, leadership with the project, and we just dug when he told us to dug, and praise the Lord when we hit, we did have Miss Utility come out, but praise the Lord when we hit a wire, apparently everything still worked, so we kept on going. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. We did have to check a sub pump. That was a fun job. Um, Yeah, you're welcome for that. Um, Those of you, like, you've got a picture in your mind. Yes, that's, Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, how we're using our talents and our abilities for the Lord. How we're using our, our, our compassion, our touch, our love for others, like our emotional capacity, not just to, for ourselves, but for others. That phone call, that text, that how are you doing, the I'm interested in your life. Like those, those things. And, man, I tell you what, that kind of stuff, it matters. And it has like an accumulating effect when you, you know, just a little bit here and a little bit there. And I, and I really hope you're not hearing in my heart and in my voice today, like it's this striving to get this accomplishment. But there's a stewardship with what we have. And by golly, we have an emotional capacity to love others. And if, if, if nothing's happening in that realm, we need to up our game. We need to go, okay, there's, there's something that I can do, whether it's in my family, whether it's in my church family, whether it's in my, the company that I work with, what, in your neighborhood, whatever. Also, our resources. You know, we have, we have finances. We have things. We have material things. We have tools and all kinds of things in our lives and using them for the kingdom of God and for his glory and just saying, God, these things, and and it's really where I was getting at with um, the offering message today, is when you've given your life to Christ in a way where you've said, I'm all yours, it's all his. It's all his. And he's a great master who will lead and guide you from project and opportunity. And he has a way of creating those boundaries in such great places where you can give and serve, and he also takes really good care of you, where it can all flow really well. I want to tear down some barriers today that sometimes keep us from fully serving the Lord and, and fully like doing the things that are in us to do. Because I think a lot of us have the want to, but there can be some things that stand in the way. Um, one of the things that can stand in the way is our fear of what God will ask us to do. I know that's only the people online that have ever dealt with that, not anyone in the room. I remember when I was, when I was little, I was deathly afraid that God was going to send me to Africa and I was going to live in a hut. 
I just knew it. I was just like, if I give my life to Jesus, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have a family. And I'm going to live in a hut. He's just going to ask me to do the hardest thing ever. But you know, the callings and the things that God puts in your life align with the way that he creates you. And I'll never forget, I think it was 2018, Jeremy and I were in Niger, and we went out to the bush, and we're standing in a mud hut, and there's a, you know, a well, and like this family out there, and I'm like, I've arrived! <laughs> I thought, this isn't so bad. This is good. I'll never forget on that trip, we, we got, uh, we, we landed, our feet hit the ground, we haven't had any sleep, our luggage isn't with us, and the first thing they said is, hey, we're going to go out into the bush and we're going to baptize some people. Oh, that sounds great. And we want you to help baptize. It was like, oh, no, I'm good. We don't, I, you know, it's their pastor. And they don't know they'd love an American to baptize them. I'm like, that's weird, but okay. And so we get there and it's like this muddy like, river thing and you've walked through a field that has a lot of animal stuff in it and you're looking at the water going, yeah, there's... Anyhow... And it's like, let's get in the water. Okay. Um, the first guy that we baptized is like seven foot tall. And the, the gentleman I'm, um, I'm, I'm baptizing with, Jeremy has pictures of this. Um, I think his name was Jacques. And um, he, we're baptizing him together. And Jacques decides that I should do all the lifting. Like he's got his hand there. But I'm baptizing this seven foot guy in this water. He goes down. We come up, I haven't slept. I bet, I mean, like, we bring it up out of the water. But I'll tell you what, I'll never forget the look of that guy's face coming out of the water. And we have it in a picture. Like this joy of being baptized for the Lord. And I was like, hallelujah, Lord, protect me from dysentery. <laughs> but you know, the thing is, is like, the things that you are afraid of, um, I'm, I'm speaking to adults, get over it. Don't let your will get in the way. If your will is in the way, I need it my way and I need to be in control, how's that working for you? Do you does it really pay? Do you love that? Just, just let go of it. You don't really need to be in control. It's really overrated. It's so much more fun. It's so much more of an adventure to just let go and let God just kind of lead you and put you in places you would not put yourself. When you're in the Wawa and you're getting your coffee and the Lord says, talk to the person next to you and you're like, mm, I don't feel like it, Lord. I haven't had my coffee yet. Just do it. Just, just comply. Just say, you know what, God, not my will, yours be done. Jesus went to a cross. I can talk to the person next to me in Wawa. Amen? Number two, insecurities. I think another barrier for us oftentimes is our own insecurities. The idea that I don't have real value to offer, that I'm too broken, I'm too common, I'm not extraordinary, which is all of that is overrated in lies. And the reality is you're made in the image of God. The value's already in there. God knows the good stuff that he wants to bring out of you. Stop looking at yourself and just bring out the stuff that's in you. There's great stuff in you, and we want to see it, and the kingdom needs it because it's the workers that are few. There isn't a talent issue. There's a worker issue. And we just need willingness. Jesus just, he's just calling the willing. Just, just say yes. 
Another uh, barrier of ours can be perfectionism. Oh, am I talking to any of the right people? Like, if I can't do it right, I'm not going to do it at all. That's real, that sounds really good and really excellent, but it's really bad in practice. Can you imagine if you looked at a, at a, at a seven-month-old and said, listen, if you can't do it right, don't walk at all. <laughs> that's just crazy. Like, that's not how we operate. Like, both, both insecurities and perfectionism have to do with insecurities that focus on ourselves. And the great thing about serving is you, you're supposed to take your eyes off yourself because it's really not about you. It's about serving God and honoring God and glorifying God and using your gifts. If it ain't perfect, so? My pastor said. Um, number four, another, another reason or barrier that we can have from just giving our, our time, our talent, our love, our resources, we can have a real perfection, excuse me, a, we can have an idea that God's standards that I'll never measure up to his standards. Before I was talking about our own standards, our own perfectionism, but sometimes we think, I can never do good enough for him, and so I better not try. Because I'd rather him not be mad at me or upset with me because I didn't do it the way he wants it done. Have you read the New Testament? I'm sorry, I'm really bold today. Have you read the New Testament? They're like, yo, stop sleeping with each other. Hey, be nice to each other. Like there's tons of just like, come on, y'all. But it never says stop serving, stop giving, stop honoring the Lord. He knows we're jacked up. He knows. He knows it's okay. And yet he puts his presence and his spirit in jacked up people. It's okay. Mike Harris was walking in today and he goes, are sinners allowed in here? And I said, only sinners are allowed in there. Um, I want to encourage you, like, stop trying to measure up. Just receive his love for you. You know, when a, when a, a young child is really well-loved, they'll try anything. You know, they just, like, go for it because they know they're not going to be um, looked down upon, but they're going to be encouraged even when they fail, Right? God knows you're frail. He knows that you're both frail and you have the image of the immortal God inside of you. He knows both of those are true. And he has this way of just perfecting. And it actually talks about that in these scriptures about how we're being transformed into his image. Like Paul brings that into it as well. Um, And I want to encourage you, like don't, don't end up like the guy with one talent. The guy with one talent in Matthew chapter 25, where um, the, the way the, the newer NIV says is bags of gold, is he decided because the master went away and he had a guy with, this is a parable, so it was a, a story that Jesus tells. A guy with five uh, talents, a guy with two talents, and a guy with one talent. The guy with five talents, he uses what he has and he makes five more and it's blessed. And the guy with two takes his two, uses it, and it's blessed. The one with one is afraid of the master and he's afraid he's going to mess it up. So he does nothing and buries it in the ground. And that's bad stewardship. That's fear. I really believe in the story that if he had risked it and lost it, the Lord would have been more pleased in this story than burying it. Because God doesn't give you anything to bury. There's nothing in your life that is meant to bury. All that good stuff that it, can, it needs to be used. And you know, if you risk it and lose it, it's okay. 
But I would, I would, I, I had this conversation because I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist in my own heart and mind. I had, I had to have this conversation with self a long time ago, and I had this, this conversation. I said, Mike? I said, yeah, how are you doing? Hey, you look nice today. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What I love is, I love it when some of you ladies are like, are you putting on weight? And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Anyhow, family. Um, <laughs> what's weird is like, I'll get four are you putting on weights for every one are you losing weight? Anyhow. So, I had this conversation with myself, and I, I, this, the conversation went basically like, I'd rather go for it and fail than not be willing to go for it, for the Lord. And I'm not talking about being a dumb risk taker. I'm not a, 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 a natural, like, huge risk taker or anything like that. But in my own kind of context, like, I would rather put it out there and fail then not put it out there. Because the, the, the challenge is when you, don't, when you don't make that effort, when you don't try to use, when you don't steward and, and use what the Lord's put in you, you end up holding it in. And man, the workers are few. As I was writing this world, word, I was thinking about um, one of my heroes, um, Earl Lovett, who's in the room with us today. Earl, how old did you turn the other day? Was it 75? 80. 80 going on 81. They say I've been knowing Earl for a lot of years. That's awesome. 80, Earl is 81 years old. You know, Elizabeth and I have been, been here for uh, about 18 years now, and I cannot tell you, well, first of all, he tried to retire so many times. He was really bad at retiring, but he's finally got it down. But when he worked at the town and country, from y'all who've lived in Goochland for a while, y'all remember the town and country? That's before it was, you know, a White Hawk Music Cafe and an Akati or however you say it and the eight different uh, Latino restaurants that have been in there. Um, like, all of it, like, that used to be a grocery store. And then Food Lion came. Anyhow, um, <laughs> but that was the grocery store in town. And Earl worked there for years, and then he went to Kroger and worked in Short Pump. I cannot tell you how many times I would hear a story from Earl about somebody that he prayed for healing in the produce section, somebody that he, that he prayed for salvation in the produce section. You know, he, he's there stocking food and just willing to pray for anyone. And I, I don't think I'm overstating it. I think Earl has easily prayed for hundreds of individuals in his life. Easily. Wouldn't you love to be behind him in line? Oh, Earl's about to give account. Wouldn't you love to be standing there? And Earl just go, really? All of that? You did all of that through me? Jesus, you're amazing. And um, it's not the comparison game. It's a stewardship thing. And Earl touched hundreds of lives, stock and produce, in grocery stores just in that realm, let alone all the other realms. I just want to encourage you, like, like, we are all like stories being written. You're each like a book. 
It says in 2 Corinthians 3, 2, it says, You yourselves are our letter, written on, the heart, on our hearts, known and read by everyone. In each of you, like, you're at a chapter in your life. And some of us are wondering, how many more chapters do we get? And others are just like, we anticipate a lot of chapters. Some of us are like, I don't know how many more chapters I got, you know. But you're, you're at a chapter. But wherever you are, what you can influence is the chapter being written and the chapters being, that will be written. Right? And the thing is, is the library of all of our stories, they're all turnaround stories. Every single one. So if you're in the place where you go, you know, when I go to give an account, I'm not proud of, I wish I had more with what I was given to account for. Well, you know what? Your chapter's not done. Your book is not done. And it's a book of turnaround stories. And you need to not just uh, feel um, the sorrow of lost opportunity, but you just got to look at the opportunity given to you today and the opportunity given to you on Monday and Tuesday because the thing is, is that ch- those chapters are just being written day by day by day by day and you just got to take uh, the opportunity that's in front of you that moment. Just be a faithful steward of the opportunity in front of you. You don't even have to make stuff up. God will bring it to your doorstep. He has more projects to do than he has workers to do them. The harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. What's really amazing about this scripture is he begins to go into this whole thing about the ministry of reconciliation is right in the scripture. And he says, listen, this ministry of reconciliation, like we are making a plea for God himself, be reconciled to God. And like when you look at the whole context, he's like, man, there's a harvest of people out there. There's people who need to know about Jesus. They need to see the fruit in your life. And you're going to go and you're going to give an account. You who have these treasures and jars of clay, and you have this Holy Spirit guaranteeing an inheritance to come, you're going to come before the Lord and you're going to give an account. And by golly, let's have been faithful stewards and just share from our stories and from our lives and just make a difference in the little moments that we can. You don't, it's not, you know, in our culture, it's all about being extraordinary, Right? How many likes do you have? And do you have a viral video and all those kind of things? We don't need any of that. We have a viral thing called the Word of God that has had a lot of likes that you'll never accomplish more. And we have a God who we are introducing. It's not about us. It's about them knowing Him. And so the best thing that we can do is use our gifts, display Him well, but it's, the, it's like our mission statement, connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Like, that's our win. When people get connected with Jesus and when they grow in Jesus, that is our win. And so when Paul says, and I want to invite you to stand um, with me. If you're in your living room in your pajamas, you don't have to stand. I can't see you. 2 Corinthians 5.15. This is what it says about our Savior. It says, and he died for all. That those who live, that's you and I, those who live no longer live for themselves, but for him. I love the simplicity and the elegance. We no longer live for ourselves. Isn't that a beautiful thought? You don't live for yourself. And here's the thing. God cares about you. He's going to take really good care of you because you're his kids and he loves you. And, he, and, and like he's, he's into taking care of his kids. 
But every sacrifice and everything that we steward in our life for him, like we live for him. We serve at the pleasure of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's so worthy of it. And I want to invite you today, if you're in a place in your own life where maybe um, you haven't turned your life over to God, I just want you to know, he's knocking at the door and he's saying, I'm here to come into your life if you'll receive me. He's ready to enter into your jar of clay with his treasures and to bring new life into you. And the way that you receive him is you cry out to him and ask him to come into your life. You thank him for the work that he's done on the cross. Ask him to forgive all of your sins because he's paid for them all. And tell him, I want to live for you. I want to put my life into your hands. He will come into your life and he will give you a new life. A new life today, September 19th, 2021. If you're making that decision today and you're online, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps because we want to know about it and we want to rejoice with you in it. If you're here today and you're making a decision for Jesus, um, come and let me know. I, I want to pray with you and rejoice with you. For you who have already received Jesus in your life, I want to today, I want to pray, with, pray together and let's just say, God, Forgive me where I haven't been a great steward of what you've given me. But let's look forward to the page that's being written today, the page that's going to be written tomorrow, and just say, God, work in me to do your good works. Not to earn credit, but because you're worthy of it, because one died for all, and we live for him. Father, we come before you today. Thank you that you treat us far better than we've ever deserved. Thank you for your spirit guaranteeing an inheritance to come. And God, when we really taste heaven, Lord, we'll, we'll never want to turn back. But Lord, in this earth and in this season, may our lives live for you. God, forgive us for missed opportunities. Forgive us where we've been selfish or perfectionist or we've avoided, Father, the good thing, good opportunities for whatever reason. We just thank you for forgiveness. Today, Lord, we just say, with your hand on the pen of our life, God, write something that brings joy to your heart. In the day-to-day, -day, whether it's in the produce stand, whether it's in our job uh, the next day, or in our family, or in our neighborhood, God, we just put the pen in your hand and say, you do the writing. You do the leading. God, you're so worthy of our lives so worthy of our lives, and we want to see others know you and receive you. Help us, Lord, as a church family to have such a great grace and revelation of this ministry of reconciliation that you are reconciling God, man, to yourself. God, we honor you today. And for all of us who are willing today, just say, Lord, all that I have is yours, and all that I am is yours. You're worthy of it. And it's such a joy to know you and serve you. We love you and we honor you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.